you're a guest with us, we're so grateful that you've chosen to worship with us this evening. Uh, my name is Kevin Cox. I'm the pastor of Vista Church, and what a great way to end 2023. So thank you for being with us. Today we come uh, to the end of a series that we started just a few weeks ago. And for those of you that are parents and you have small children, uh, this is my message to you. Um, they do not bother me. Uh, if they are talking back at me, that's all right. At least I know somebody's out there, so that's good. Um, if they get a little fidgety, I have no problem with that because uh, I'm fairly certain in the story that I'm about to read, it wasn't dead quiet that night either. So um, to me, when children are talking and restless in the church, that tells me that there's life in the body of Christ. So please don't be afraid of that, okay? So as we end our series on Chris myths, we come to a final one uh, tonight. And that one is we have this idea that the world that we live in, that we have no hope. And so I, this week I was trying to find something that would illustrate this idea of, of hopelessness. And I think I found the right picture for that. And this is the one I found. This is the picture of hopelessness. <laughs> See, it took you a while to get there, but you're with me now. Yes, I love the, pic the look of Dak in the back. There, Mike's holding the Lombardi trophy. Um, but uh, this could very well be a picture of hopelessness, except for the fact that there's uh, something else happened this year that showed us that we actually can have hope, and it's this one right here. Now you're with me. Okay. <laughs> so we live in a world that believes that everything is hopeless, and we're going to end tonight, uh, really our last Sunday like this and the end of this series, that the story of Christmas is that we actually do have hope, and his hope is Jesus. Let me read the, if you'll indulge me tonight, I'm going to read the story to us. We don't get to see it very often all at one time, but I'm going to read the whole thing uh, because I think we need to hear it. So beginning in Luke chapter 2, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 21, the Christmas story. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all were to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was this angel, a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went, out, went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste. And found Mary and Joseph in the, in the baby lying in a manger. 
And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. The message of Christmas is that God has given us hope, and his name is Jesus. This last year, for many of us and for many of you and for those of you that have traveled here to be with us tonight, maybe you've come into this place and you've had a, a year of great joy. And you, you can understand on the positive side of things what hope looks like. Others of you have come into this place and it's not been one filled with joy. It's been one of hurt and heartbreak and grief and, and sometimes even despair and anxiety. And you're wondering, what in the world does this hope, where does it come from? Where do I find it? What does it look like? So when we read this passage in Luke chapter 2, it's just not the Christmas story, but it is the story that we have a hope. And that hope resides in a person, and his name is Jesus. So I want to give you two things this morning to encourage all of us as we celebrate Christmas Eve together, this idea of hope. Let's end 2023 on this idea, this concept, this truth that we find in hope that's found in Jesus. And here's the first one, that hope sees light in the middle of darkness. That if we're going to place our hope in Jesus, that hope sees light in the middle of darkness, in the middle of personal crisis, in the middle of long sickness, in the middle of Kids or spouses not following after Christ, hope lets us see that light is in the darkness. So even in the middle of suffering and in pain and in anxiety, we can overflow with the hope because it's not some wishful, washy thinking that maybe we will have this. It is a confident knowing in a person, and the person's name is Christ. So we come together, we celebrate the birth of Jesus but he came giving hope. And I love what the, the, the shepherds did that night. In the middle of the darkness, they went and found the light. Now, don't misunderstand me. The light was not brought with the angels. The light was in the manger. The hope was not brought by the angels on the hillside. The hope was in the child that was born. So when we think of the hope that we find in Christ, don't look for angels, don't look for other things when you're in difficult times and stressful times or in times of grief and despair. That's not where the hope resides. Their hope resides in Christ alone. That's who we worship. That's who we serve. So in the midst of darkness, the light comes and we can find it. And here's the second thing I want you to see. Not only does hope see light in the middle, the middle of darkness, hope sees better days ahead. It looks towards the future. The amazing thing about this story is that the people of Israel had been waiting 700 years for the Messiah to come. I don't know what the longest you've ever waited for something to happen is in your life, but I'm fairly certain it's not 700 years. They were waiting seven centuries for the Messiah to show up, and then he does, and immediately everything changes. So when hope arrives in your life, it's just not for the present moment to take care of you, relieve the anxiety, the grief, the worry, whatever is racking you at the time, whatever that is, it's also pointing to better days ahead. In fact, 
when we look at the birth of Christ, it's not just this child lying in a manger. It would point to a cross. And it just wasn't about a cross where our Savior would die. It would be about an empty tomb where he would no longer be laid three days later. Hope always points to better days ahead. So whatever you walked in here this morning struggling with, looking for, understand that things are better ahead of you because of the one that's going to walk with you, the hope that resides in the person whose name is Jesus. And it's a confident expectation. It took him 700 years for the Messiah after the prophecy. Several of them had been prophesied to come true, but it did. And here's what I want you to know, that God always answers his promises. And the next great hope that we're waiting for is his return again for his people. He came once, fulfilled everything he said he was going to do, and he's going to do it again. There's better days ahead, no matter how long that might take. And in your own life, understand that whatever you're going through right now, the person of hope says, I will walk with you. Now, here's the amazing thing about hope. Did you notice what the shepherds did after seeing the child? They immediately went and began to share with everyone else the hope that they had just encountered, that they had just seen. And the amazing thing about hope is it's contagious. That when we meet the person of hope and his name is Jesus, we should never, ever keep this hope to ourselves. So my challenge to us in 2024 is that we be carriers of hope. Jesus has placed the message of hope, the hope of the world, into the hands of the church. Now it's our turn in this coming year to say God has been with us through this entire year. Now it's our turn to go and take the hope to those who we think are hopeless. People that we go to school with, they're hopeless. There's no way their lives are going to be changed. The person of hope says different. Jesus says, I can change anything. The people that you work with, the person that next to you that drives you absolutely bonkers, and you're thinking there's no hope for that person, the person of hope, his name is Jesus, says, I can change all people. But it's up to you to take the hope with you and to share it. Some of you will be meeting and spending time with family members over the next few days. And I have a feeling some of you came in here thinking, I am I'm way concerned, I'm a little nervous, and, I, and to be quite honest with you, there's some people that are going to be coming to my house, I don't even want them to come, this is the only time all year that I will spend time with them because they are absolutely hopeless, and the person of hope says this to you, they are not beyond my reach. Hope is contagious. Will you take it with you, not just tonight, but take it with you everywhere you go in 2024. See, hope sees light in the darkness. Hope knows that there's better, better days ahead because it's based in a person. And I want to end tonight by showing you a picture. This picture was, um, for those of you that were there, you know what it means. Most of you have no idea. I would describe it if you can't really see it. That's a flatbed trailer out under trees. This picture was taken in... Oh, really, on December 24th, 2020. In fact, this, this picture will remain forever etched in my mind because this was 
Christmas Eve in the midst of a pandemic. We're outside. We're worshiping. And to be quite honest with you, uh, even the pastor of the church becomes a little anxious at times. Because I'm thinking, where do we go from here? What are we going to do? What is going to happen? We don't have a building. We don't even know if people are going to come back or not. Some had already left. And to be quite honest with you, hope was kind of fading. And then we came to this. We worshiped God, celebrated the birth of Jesus under the stars. It was cold. And people showed up. And from that night forward, I realized, I understood what it meant to have hope. Because the hope was not in where we worshiped. It was not what we could offer people. It was in a person, and his name is Jesus. Fast forward to December 24th, 2023. He never fails. He always keeps his promises. And you're here. I'm here. We're in this building because God gave us hope that night that there's better days ahead. And I'm looking forward to what he's going to do in the next year. If he can do that and bring us here, what else does he have in store for those who are willing to be hope bearers for the kingdom of God?